good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. Maybe your maybe your stupid opinions aren't right. And like, are you so sure your life is going so much the way you want it to go? And you're such a bloody paragon of virtue and the light is shining out every orifice and everyone who disabuses you of your notions is evil. What's up? This is MCM, and you're listening to You're Probably Right, and a little bit different topic today, and maybe it's amazing news, or sort of, kinda, um, check it out. In the greater Toronto area, Ontario, as far as I know as well, they are now finally lifting the masking situation, literally. We are going to be demasking. And I just had a few thoughts that I thought I would um, share. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's going to be doing this, but I have not listened to anybody else's take on this. So every idea that you're going to be hearing is mine and my own. I have no intention of trying to offend, but as I said before, if you're going to say anything worth saying, chances are you're going to offend somebody. Okay, so I'm going to read this little uh, thing that I wrote here, and hopefully I can read it properly. Shout out to the North York uh, School Board that doesn't exist anymore for my amazing reading skills. <laughs> but I mean, I wrote it, so hopefully I'll just read it the way I thought it was supposed to be, because you know how it is when you write something and you read it over right away but I'm there's a little little space of time so let's get a little water a little swig (laughs) all right here we go we all can fall victim to the crabs in a bucket syndrome or the battered wife syndrome even when we have the opportunity to help someone get out of a problem we tend to as a society pull them down almost as a default this issue is most of the time we don't recognize it, but or it is an issue, but, but we don't recognize it when we're doing it a lot of the time. But of course, the person it's happening to always recognizes it's happening. Well, most always, I would say. It's always a safe bet to say something like that. Okay. <laughs> Instead, we choose a variation of tall poppy syndrome, clipping the stems or the wings of anyone who would dare and try to stand out or fly out of a given situation. (laughs) Even when we are given the opportunity for freedom or to, in this case, breathe fresh air, many many of us will choose to stay masked. But why? (laughs) Hope that, hope all that was even proper what I wrote, but um, I probably need to read it properly. Anyhow, for some, it will be because they feel ugly, may not want to demask. You know, it's been a while without that uh, makeup and lipstick, and it's been a while for a lot of us or most of us who've been out and about. And if you're anything like me, the masks actually screwed up a lot of my precious skin. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was the moisture or whatever, just having the mask on for eight hours a day seemed to wreak havoc in my skin which I already have sensitive skin anyways. Um, For some, it will be because they feel safe, so they'll keep the mask on because of germs that they believe are floating around, which we're floating around anyways. Um, Maybe not to this extent, but... um, For some, it will feel safe because they can remain anonymous to a certain degree, almost like a sort of masquerade. You know, it's funny when I think of it that way, you know, because when they first, well, when we first started with the mask situation, I think we at my job were 
locked down pretty soon. Actually, no, we we fought through it for about three months, maybe, if I if I can remember. Oh no! First, we were locked down for a long time, and then we we fought through it for about three months, and then what happened was we were locked down again. So what I can say for that th first three months of um, wearing masks, it was like torture. It was like you needed to take the mask off every every let's say every 15 to 20 minutes personally and um it was horrible <laughs> for me and it seemed like for a lot of people but what ended up happening was everybody got used to putting them on it wasn't a big deal i would find myself jumping in my car from work and driving for maybe three or four minutes and then say oh i got this mask on i don't need it in here and I used to see people driving, wearing them all the time. I don't know if it was just because they were scared that they were going to catch it everywhere. Like, you know, the people who were um, wearing the masks, riding a bike or just out and about running by themselves, wearing a mask. Like if it was just going to jump on them, if they passed anybody within 10 feet of them. Um, but what I ended up having, and I mean, I ended up putting this sort of uh, skeleton plastic um, thing underneath my mask so it would push it off of my face so I could breathe and talk clearly and people could actually hear what I was saying but it doesn't bother me that much anymore just I like the thought of it bothers me but it doesn't physically bother me anymore because you know I got used to it to be you know to be frank with you for some reason I have noticed that Without the lower region of our faces, when it comes to looks, we all pretty much are on a level playing field. Not the same thing, but almost adjacent to all of us having the same skin color. Except for those who have been blessed with exceptional eye color and flawless um, eye disposition, I suppose, or placement, whatever you want to, <laughs> however you want to put it. Um, it will also mark the re-entry into society of the feared but so-called rested something face and the Oscar the Grouch look, not to mention the stink eye will not reserve as much power as it has in the last little while. <laughs> you know, we haven't seen those crabby looks because we just have eyes and, you know, just the, the wrinkle you know we had we had to pay so much more attention to see if somebody smile and i think because of the mask i believe people have been smiling even brighter to accentuate what the eyes and the the wrinkles beside the eyes are doing so people can know they're smiling besides listening to the tone of their voice you know we try to be more expressive now that we don't have or now that we haven't had the use of our mouth to totally express how we feel our eyes are pretty much equal and for some for some personality mannerisms really stand out in the masked world we are all emerging from so it's happened where you know you had to use more you know more of your vocal tone more of your squinty eye smiles so people know like you know what you're trying to display to them and i, I believe that we all did a pretty good job, it seems. Maybe, obviously, some didn't, but what I've noticed, I believe many who have started a new job or entered a new institution during the corona slash COVID era will have a new kid on the block experience that they would have normally have experienced already. So, in other words, I think some people, you know, like, you know, you go into a new job, they see your new face and you know, they, okay, well, yeah, we'll get used to looking at this dude. Um, but because of the masks, you're basically masked up all day. It's like all people are seeing is your eyes. So if you got a busted lip or <laughs> you got a whole bunch of acne, a lot of these things that would normally have been seen and, you know, people go, okay, well, that's what he looks like. It's like <clears throat> now you're going to go through it all over again. <laughs> people who got that asymmetrical treatment but were not worthy will probably be dragged down a peg or two in some way shape or form if you get my drift do you get that 
people who got the ace, in, ace, I can't even say the ace, <laughs> the asymmetrical treatment, but we're not worthy. We'll probably be dragged down a peg or two. So yeah, if you were uh, an eight <laughs> with the mask, well, guess what? We're gonna see your face and your bad skin, and you'll be pulled down to a six or a five or a worse. <laughs> And some who didn't get their just due in the same regard will be lifted higher than before. Trust me. Yes, for all of us, <clears throat> beauty has certainly been in the eye of the beholder for the better part of the last two years. Plus, and some of us are definitely going to have trouble with our face reveals all over again like we are teenagers with a new pimple that decided to show up on an inconvenient day like high school prom. And no, nobody is going to remember how you looked on those filtered Zoom meetings with light corrected just as so or just as such to uh, accentuate whatever it is you need to accentuate or you know, put on those filters to clear your skin up. Or razzle and dazzle everybody with those amazing backgrounds that move so people can stop focusing on your face. <laughs> those days are over. As a matter of fact, people who probably fight to keep wearing, people are probably gonna fight to wear, keep wearing the masks for some reason, maybe one of the ones that I've mentioned. But don't worry, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And you have a lot of time, or you had a lot of time to put your best foot forward as far as your inner beauty is concerned. So, if you didn't do so, <laughs> I will say this. Take care or give. Take So take care or give heart if you didn't before. In other words... <laughs> You got your face that's going to be out in the public again, and I hope you're prepared. For those of you who are nervous, well, I would say you're probably right to be nervous. But I mean, if you don't believe and you don't agree, well, that's okay. Yeah, so I'm going to actually go over something that I didn't think I was going to actually have time for, but it's kind of cool that um, I guess I read faster than I should. <laughs> Somebody sitting there saying, yeah, that's an understatement, buddy. <laughs> and now I'm going to move on to a more serious topic than even the masks. Could you imagine that? What could be more serious, serious than mask talk? Mask talk. <laughs> okay. How to get over it. Now, I'm going to do my best to keep the language so that it's not so specific to relationship talk or marriage talk or that type of talk. It could be a job. So I'm going to do my best, but I don't think it's probably going to 100% work. But just think about relationships and just think about getting out of a relationship. Now, either you were the person who broke off the relationship or you were the person who were broke off from. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. So um, I am going to give you 21, 22 recommendations, which there is some stuff kind of mixed in between. And hopefully it doesn't take forever. But I mean, if you like listening to my voice, then I'm sure it will be cool. You know, um, again, I tried to there is I'm not doing any scripture, so this is not a preaching or a religious teaching, but understand that I am a Christian, so I do tend to display whatever it is I'm saying from that type of uh, background. Or you're basically listening to a Christian giving you advice, or maybe not giving you advice, just giving you my two cents on what I think about you know ways in which you can help yourself to get over. Uh, breakup, um, to get over a breakup, to move on with your life. And um, some things may be elementary, simple, and some things may not be so um, elementary or simple. 
some things you may not expect, you know, but um, here we go. I'm going to start off and I'm going to say I didn't, I didn't order them. So obviously they're in some type of order and the order that they're in is how they came to me. I didn't go on a website and look up ways to get over your relationship, which you, I mean, you can do and it's possible that's how you found me um, in the first place. And I'd like to say shout out to you for, you know, listening. I'm just going to get to the numbers right away. Let's go. So number one, take time to cry if you have to, but don't let your emotions dictate your actions. And what I mean by this is what I mean by this, <laughs> what I mean by this is, yeah, you might feel like, you know, you need to cry about your situation. Or you may find yourself crying about things that you wouldn't normally cry about just because you're so emotional. And what I'm saying is, <laughs> just thought of a joke, um, is, you know, it, it's okay to display emotion. It's okay to cry over a situation that you really care about. I mean, basically, in the beginning, crying shows that you care. As a matter of fact, I would be interested to talk to someone who broke up from a relationship. And I said I wasn't going to talk about specific relationships, but I'll just keep it simple. And maybe along the line, if I'm able to put it towards like getting a job or having a job and losing a job, then I will. But I mean, yeah, if you really loved your job, if you really loved your situation, and losing your situation, your job, your relationship has really, really hurt, then I don't see a reason why you can't shed some tears over it. Where it starts to get a little bit um, worrisome is when you're crying about things you wouldn't normally cry about. And at that point, I would say that it's probably your emotions taking over, you know, so you have to watch that. You have to watch yourself getting upset over things that don't necessarily upset you usually. That just means you're overly emotional. But there's nothing wrong with sitting and considering, you know, your amazing times and considering your loss or considering your hurt and crying over them, you know. But don't let them dictate your emotions. I mean, sorry, don't let it dictate your actions, because that's when you're just working off of emotion. And I can say rarely do I ever personally make good decisions when I'm basing all of my actions off of my emotions and what I'm feeling at the time. I know that people just say, you know, do what you feel. Or like uh, that guy Alistair Crowley said, do what thou wilt. Yeah, um, I definitely don't subscribe to that. <laughs> I would say, let's see. I'm not going to just give, I'm not just going to go off on a tangent. I'm going to try to stick to this list as best I can, people. Okay, number two, be nice. Better yet, be wonderful to those who have taken advantage or left you. You know, sometimes our tendency is to be, you know, eye for an eye. You know, you took this, so I'm going to take that. You didn't give me back this, so I'm not going to give you back that. And it's an eye for an eye attitude and, you know, tit for tat, as they say. But try doing it this way. You know, it's so easy. I'm, you know, if somebody slaps you in the face, it's so easy to reach around and try to slap them back if you're if possible. And if you know that you can get away with it without being <laughs> severely hurt. But sometimes the best response is love. And I would say, not even sometimes, I would say always. Now, love doesn't always end up being sweet and giving the person exactly what they want at that exact time. But if your emotive, if your motive is to actually love, even when you're in pain or even when you're hurt, then, you know, going off of that will be much better for you and much better for them. Revenge isn't the answer. Three, don't be or don't turn into a whipping boy or a whip, whipping girl. 
you're not a doormat. So just because I say to you, um, better yet, be wonderful. It's just no. Rise, rise above the situation. Don't let the situation rise above you and sit down and overtake you. And even if it's already happened, it's never too late to rise above your situation and have a backbone. You know, many people in situations when, you know, they they have lost out, they think that if they play the oh me, oh my, the pity party person, that the person is going to somehow feel sorry for you and come back or take you back. It's not happening in most cases, especially if you do that. That just makes it worse. And they're like, well, I knew you were a loser. Look at you. You're letting me st- walk all over you and there's nothing that you have to say about it. Because all you want is me back or all you want is this job back. You know, have a spine, have a backbone. You know, if you are a Christian, which I would hope, then realize who you are in Christ. You're not garbage. Now, we were all filthy liars and sinners without Christ. But because of Christ, we are something special now. And that's who you are. His righteousness is your righteousness. Our righteousness on its own is filthy rags. Four. Consider this. Consider that you may have actually done more wrong than the person or whatever when considering being a pushover. Because you're saying, you know, you don't want to be a pushover. But think about it. Maybe you did do worse. Sometimes we can't always see exactly how we affected a person, a situation, you know, an institution. We just look at everything. We internalize everything and say, well, they did this to me and they they did this and they did that. And, you know, it's so easy to just focus on what other people did. But, you know, as the scriptures say, it says, you know, take the plank out of your eye first before you try to take the spot out of somebody else's. And you might sit there and saying, a spot? You know, the person beat me up. What did I ever do to them? Well, I don't know. Maybe you were selfish. Maybe you were pushing buttons. Maybe they have some sort of a, an issue and you kept exacerbating that issue till they lost control. And the point is, is that you can pinpoint the five things they did, but you know, a lot of the time, the 20 things that they don't even know, you know, about you that is wrong inside of you. So it is possible. And I'm not saying that the person isn't more wrong. You understand? But what I'm saying is Sometimes we don't know the full extent. Most of the time, we don't know the full extent of our actions, our words, our behaviors that have pushed somebody over the edge. So in looking at it like that, even if it's not even true, you'll tend to be able to move on easier. Easier, You'll be able to treat people better. You'll be able to move and do all kinds of things that you probably didn't even believe you could do just because you're looking at it through a different lens saying, you know what? Maybe I did do something wrong. Maybe I'm not perfect. You know? Five. Work at being the best version of yourself. And you're like, what? Is this Elliot Hulse? (laughs) No, I'm not Elliot Hulse. You can look him up if you want. Um, What I mean is, There's things that you can do for yourself that can make you, you know, feel good. That can make you look at the brighter side of the things or look at the glass half full instead of half empty. Look to the Bible for directions, you know, guidance, wisdom. That's something you can do, right? To to work on being the best version of yourself or maybe not even being the best version of yourself. Maybe just work at being like Christ. I mean, what other higher thing can you possibly try to aspire to do? Now, 
yes, you're not going to get it by yourself just like that. All right, let's see. So, yeah, I would say definitely look to the Bible for your direction, guidance and wisdom, you know, eat better. Give more of your time to those you may have neglected. And it's possible, you know, sometimes you get in a situation or you have a good job. And what ends up happening to many of us is we get so enthralled in our job or so enthralled in our relationships that we let other um, situations and relationships um, dwindle. You know, maybe you're part of a club or a team or a fellowship. And because of whatever it is you had, that possibly might have not been the healthiest situation, you've neglected some of the things that you needed to be doing or the people, some of the people that you needed to be um, corresponding with or in partnership in other ways with, you know. Um, focus on your God-given gifts that you may have packed away in whatever capacity that you can, you know, you may not be able to, you know, be a hockey player anymore, <laughs> for instance, or a gymnast, because you might have aged out of those situations. But, you know, you still have wisdom, you still have understanding. And, you know, I, I, I can't really say what it is that, you know, you're I'm trying to stay general in this kind of uh, thing. What I'm saying is that there might be things that you're able to do or you were really gifted at doing that you stopped doing because maybe you didn't have time because of all the time that you dedicated into the situation or maybe you know somebody told you to stop doing the things that you were actually gifted by God to do and i would say if those gifts are gifted by God find a way to use those talents in a way that God would be pleased and maybe you had talents that you were using and you're still using that um, were God-given talents, but you're not using them in a godly manner. I would say, turn those gifts over to God and use them for his glory, because that's where they were given to you in the first place. It said all good things come from God. All good gifts come from God. So obviously, you wouldn't want to dishonor him by using those gifts. And it might be singing. Maybe you've been rapping for the devil, as they'd say. You know, and people sometimes say it. And because it sounds like, like you know, you're just rapping about your life. But um, you know that the type of beats, the type of music, the type of people you have to be around to do certain things and to have your situation grow. You know, there's only two ways about it, people. Being real with you. It's either you're doing it God's way or you're doing it the devil's way. And that's the reality. And I know it's a harsh reality in every situation. You know, even in your situation that, you know, maybe you're, you're out of now. You're thinking, you know, did I glorify God in the way that I treated someone else or I treated my job or whatever it was? Was it giving glory to God the way I allowed myself to be treated in my situation. You know, these are the things that we can look at when I say to you, work on being the best version of yourself. Find time to get healthy. You know, a lot of the time when people have loss, great loss, a broken relationship, a lot of time, you, you neglect yourself. You eat things you're not supposed to eat or you don't eat anything that you're supposed to eat. You know, find time to get healthy for real. Join a club or find a new hobby that lets your talents and your character shine through. You know, maybe you always wanted to sing. You know, maybe you wanted to learn to play tennis, but somebody told you that you were too heavy or somebody told you that, you know, you always sing on, on flats. <laughs> You know, seven, don't look to replace what you just lost unless that was your motive in the first place and you were the one to end it. In other words, if you were looking for, say, a better job, 
obviously you're actually going to look to replace it, right? So you quit that job, whatever reason you quit it, and now you need money. <laughs> obviously you're gonna go replace that job, right? But in the situation of an actual loving, caring relationship or a relationship that you lost or you, you know, maybe you were with the wrong person and you do actually want a mate and you want a godly mate, yes, you should put yourself in a position to get that mate, but don't do it in such a way that it's unhealthy and you're not counting the costs of, you know, just linking up with anybody. Don't just pick up anything because you lost something. Don't just look to replace it. You know, you can look to get what you need in your life and what you desire in your life once everything else is in line, but don't look to replace that thing or that person because I believe then you'll be running into problems. You know, hopefully you understand <laughs> and I'm explaining this properly. Okay, number eight. Remember, this person or this situation, but I'll say this person, even if evil, okay, even if they did certain evils in your life, is not your enemy. An enemy is different in a lot of ways. An enemy is always being an enemy. Sometimes you have turmoil, you have, there's angst between you and someone else. Maybe there's um, always been some feeling of foreboding when getting into this situation. Maybe you knew that you didn't gel properly. Maybe you knew you weren't 100% right for each other, but you just pushed through. And eventually the real characters, the real behaviors came out of you and them. And you realize that, you know what? I knew it all along. It doesn't make them your enemy. It may make them a person who has issues or it might make both of you people who have issues, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they, were, they are your mortal enemy now. Hopefully you get that. Don't be so quick to set dynamite to the road you were just traveling on. Because you may have to go back for one reason or another. And I honestly, because I don't know your particular situation, I can't sit here and say, oh yeah, you got to go back to him or you got to go back to her or you got to go back to that job or you got to go back to that school. But <laughs> I, I kind of remember um, this movie. It's a perfect example. It was called She's Out of Your League. And this guy was just having a heck of a time with this situation. And he ended up going on a flight with his family, his ex-girlfriend. And, and everything was just bad on the situation. And he wanted to get off of the plane. But he, for some reason, he was on there. And you know what, he decided, I can't remember what made him decide, but he said, you know what, I'm getting off this plane. But what he didn't know was the plane had already taken off. But unfortunately, before he found out this information, he gave a rude gesture with his finger to the whole crew and every passenger that was on that plane. And he told everybody where to go just to find out that because the plane already pushed back, the plane had already been in the air, he had to go back and sit down right beside the person he just finished melting off to. So, as I said before, don't be so quick to set dynamite to the road you were just traveling on because you might need that road again or you may have to go back to where you were. You may have to find yourself back in in line <laughs> between you know with that person or those people be wise with how you speak about the other person or the other people or the other job just be thinking about a job now you gotta be careful sometimes you're just changing locations or you're actually changing jobs but understand that when you are a person in a, a certain 
circle of colleagues and connections, you know, your, your network isn't as big as you think it is. And graduates from your course or graduates from your, your um, company or whatever it is might end up following you in your career at some point and you may have to run back into these people. So watch your mouth is the best thing that I could possibly say to you, you know, in, in this um, instance, I would say, be careful about your mouth because it can get you into trouble in places that you have no clue. It's with everything now. And, and, you know, with this cancel culture and everything on video or audio, you might say something today and you may really, really regret it in 14 months or five years or two weeks because you had no idea it was taped. You have no idea these two people were friends. You had no idea you were gonna get back together or go back to that job. So yes, watch your mouth. Guard your personal information and and your irreplaceable items. Now, I don't know what that would be for yourself, but you know, be wise. You know, if you have certain things that people don't need to see or you wouldn't want people to know about you or you wouldn't want somebody who maybe is being evil at that particular time to get a hold of to do bad things to you, then yeah, maybe you need to change your bank account. Maybe you need to change your locks on your doors because you don't know if the person made copies. Maybe you need to... You know, I, I don't know. I can't think of the different situations. You know your situation. But the point is, is yes, you need to still protect yourself in any case. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a violent situation or whatever it is. But, yeah, you need to feel safe. You need to be able to know that you can lay your head on your pillow at night, close your eyes, and not have to sleep with one eye open. Or go back and try to use your credit card just to find out the whole thing was maxed out and the person's gone to the Bahamas. You know what I mean? Or, and, and banished off the face of the earth so you can't even get back at them and get your money back or whatever it is. You understand? So yes, guard your personal information and your irreplaceable items and things that you will be on the hook for if things go left. 12. Give, but not with the intent to prove anything or to win anyone back who needs to be gone. <laughs> In other words... Yeah, give, but don't be like, hey, look, look at me over here. I'm doing this good thing. And hey, look at me. I'm on, you know, blessing this person because of don't do it with those kinds of do it with a willing heart. You know, do it and give it, but don't expect it back. Don't have your ulterior motives all penned up against something again trying to play martyr or trying to play Mr. or Mrs. Goody Two-Shoes, you know? 13. Help the person or help the colleague when possible. Even that one that hurt you. But don't be a doormat, as I was saying earlier. So yeah, you can help. Well, you know, they're, they're down on their luck. Yeah, you can help them. Why not? said bless them the bible says bless them that curse you and do good to those who have despitefully used you it doesn't say you get trust me you get no glory all that you think that that revenge that you think you're going to get because you're able to get at somebody or kick them when they're down it trust me it doesn't feel good even in sports it doesn't feel good now you might get a rise out of it for a second you know um somebody just strangled you or something and they tripped and you're able to run and step on their back and keep going for jokes to your friends but you know if you do take a second to look at what you've just done trust me you probably unless you need help <laughs> will not feel good if um if you feel like stepping on somebody's head when they're down was the right thing to do and you actually go home and feel good about it or replay it in your mind or actually replay it on a video over and over and over and this is what's giving you joy then something's wrong and you need to check your heart for real for 14 
for yourself, but don't be disconnected and callous. And I guess that kind of refers to 13 there. I mean, yeah, feel free. Feel feel free to, to help. Feel free to give. But don't be also disconnected where it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Or you're callous and you have no feeling. Like To be numb is way worse than having feeling of pain. Because when you're numb, when you're disconnected, a lot worse things can happen to you. And you'll turn around and you'll be like, why is my life this way now? I, you know, I didn't want to feel pain, so I totally disconnected myself from everything and anyone that could possibly do any damage or hurt me. And I feel now empty. I've made all the money that I need to make. I'm living in the house that I need to have. I'm driving the car that I want to drive. I have the clothes that I want to have. And I have the position and the respect that I thought I wanted to have. I have the family that I always wanted. But for some reason, because of the way that you set yourself and went about doing what it is that you thought you wanted to do, now you're all disconnected and now you're all callous and now your success is all there, but you can't feel anything. It's a horrible place to be, you know. One thing that I've learned, you know, getting older is the older you get, you know, and let's just say you're connected as I am to my family. If you're a person connected to your family, you're getting older, you're getting into your 40s, 50s and 60s and, you know, aunts are dying, parents are dying, siblings are dying. You, you'll find that you have less and less people to impress, less and less people to live for. Some of us didn't even realize that we were living to impress our mother or living to impress, re, re, um, to gain, gain the respect of our siblings or our aunt or our uncle or our grandma or whatever it is. And, you know, anybody who understands where I'm coming from can relate you know, me personally, just bringing it to a personal note, I didn't realize how important it was for me to show my dad what I could do in certain respects. And after he passed and went on to glory, because he was a Christian, it's like, yeah, a weight was lifted off my shoulders because I didn't have to work to impress the person that I respected most. So that weight's gone. But then that joy, that excitement, that journey of trying to do that is gone. And it's like, I can't get that back. Yeah, I can try to do things to, you know, make my sisters and my mom proud and maybe my kids proud or, you know, whatever. But it's like, now that, that that dude's gone, my pops is like, mm, doesn't really matter anymore. Doesn't really matter if I need to hide this airing in my left ear or my right ear or whatever it is, because man's gone now. You know, and I, I only I guess only if you've been through it can you really really fully understand. I'm sure you can put it in your own put it in your own words. But one thing I can tell you, as you get older. The people you live to to impress get less and less. And there's more that I could say about that. And maybe I could talk about, you know, doing things for yourself or doing things for God. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that. But what I will say, yes. You know, there's a scripture that that actually backs it up. And I'm not good at telling you exactly where these verses come from, but trust me, they are in the Bible and you can you can um, Google the words that I say. But the scripture says only what's done for God, or only with what things we do for Christ will last. Because everybody else is going to be gone at some point. Maybe they're just gone from your life. Or maybe they're gone, gone, and passed away. You know? Okay. Moving right along. Be wary. This is 15. Be wary of those who helped destroy your situation. Even if they're friends. Even if they're family. 
because you now have to buffer yourself when you're with them even because now you're in their hands you know while you may not be thinking straight in other words yeah this person helped me get rid of this person or this person helped me get rid of that person but um why were they so invested in destroying something that you had and something that you held dear to your heart and they knew that yeah you might have been hurt and they wanted to help you but sometimes when people are trying to help you understand that there are times when they just want you to themselves and when they have that selfish desire and you are their desire you are that thing understand something at some point the time is coming you will you will be replaced by something or someone else you may look around and turn around and say you know what i really didn't need any help getting rid of that person or that situation or that job like i did maybe they needed to be gone or maybe the situation needed to be rectified but possibly not that way don't be so hasty number 16 don't be so hasty to do something your previous partner disagreed with and this could be a business partner but again if it's an intimate partner don't be so hasty to say you know what oh, they didn't want me to do this or they didn't want to do this for me or whatever the case is so i'm going to do it now just out of nonsense and not even thinking unless you know in your heart that god would want you to do that thing you know and that it can be backed up by the bible then be careful being hasty because sadly a lot of the time people would have you know you may have a loved one that directed you not to do a certain thing and maybe they didn't come across the correct way or the godly way you know there was something that you wanted to do or something that they didn't want you to do don't be so quick to do the opposite of whatever it is you were doing or whatever they instructed you to do especially when you know that at the time that they said it you were close and it was a loving relationship because you trusted them in this way and that way maybe a financial um decision an educational situation or some other kind of situation don't be so hasty to reverse whatever it is they said just to be in control because it might not be the best idea for yourself 17 clean house you're saying what do you mean clean house am i supposed to clean the house i keep my house clean no <laughs> listen gently place their items their things in a specific strategic way out of the area that can be easily accessed by you without your inter- like put it away where you're not going to interfere with it put it away where you don't have to see it you know or make contact with it and don't make contact with them on a regular basis and say hey come get your socks hey come get your tie hey come get your jacket hey come get the jacket and the pants like you're you know what you're doing at that point just just place it aside if you have to make up a date where their things must be moved their items must be taken out or set or whatever it is but um don't be so hasty gently just place them to the side they have nothing to do you they're just in a corner over here hopefully you have an area big enough to do such a thing so then you can say you know what all of your stuff are on the left side of the garage let me know when you're coming i will open the garage when you're done you can text me call me whatever it is knock on the door and say i'm done and you're out of here if that's what you want be careful burning your bridges be careful disrespecting these people or that person 
don't keep calling them to pick up their things or make mention of them regularly because that reeks of an ulterior motive and may show a sign of kicking someone when they are down. And beyond that, when it comes to cleaning house, number 17, do not start returning gifts you have had for a long time right away, especially ones you know were given with the best intentions in the best situations when everything was fine. Because when you're doing that, again, you're just trying to hurt. You're just trying to prove something. You're just trying to send a message. And I'll get to what all that means in a little bit. 18. Clean you. <laughs> and again, no, I'm not suggesting that you're a dirty person. <laughs> you listen to my last, um, what do you call it? My last podcast when I said I used to wet the bed. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that at all. Listen, clean you. Get a haircut. Get your nails done. Shave. <laughs> groom yourself. Arrange your living space in a way that makes you most comfortable. You know? Get comfortable. You know, we don't know how long this part of your life is going to be. You know? So why not be comfortable in your sadness or in your um, in your situation? Maybe go buy that TV that, you know, that amazing 4K picture with the surround sound and a nice cushy chair to lie down and relax in. You know? Who knows? 20. No, 19, sorry. Pray whenever you get the inclination, whenever you get the notion, or even whenever you feel like it. Scriptures say, pray without ceasing, pray without stopping. So obviously you're not going to be praying while, you know, you're going to just stop everything in your life. No, no, no. You can pray within your heart. You can be really sad while you're crunching numbers. And you can say, you know, to the Lord, Lord, help me to stay focused on this work. Help me keep me safe. Help me to do the best I can. Father, where I can't do anything great, I pray that you will do something great through me for another. Help me to be gracious. Help me to be thankful that you've let me keep my job. You understand? Like, you can do these things in your head. You can say them with your lips. You don't have to close your eyes. It doesn't have to be on your knees with your hands clasped to heaven or your hands open like if somebody's pouring something onto them. You understand? You can still do it with a prayerful heart, a prayerful spirit. You can still do these things while you're doing other things during the day. Practice it even. Because sometimes it's easy to forget that you have a connection with the Heavenly Father. And He is the creator of heaven and earth. You know? Think about that. 20. Don't give out private details of your relationship. Well, for one, if it's a job or a business situation, you might get sued. <laughs> okay, that wasn't on there. I think I just add that little piece there. But don't do it to get sympathy, to feel okay with your decision, to justify your behavior or your decision. Stop looking for a scapegoat, you know? And sometimes people do that with everything. You know, I had a situation where it was like, I could never fight against this person because... It was like, if I fought with this person and won, I would look like a horrible person. If I fought and I lost, I would just look like a loser <laughs> and I'd feel terrible. You know, don't look to get petty. Don't look to totally shame this person. You people who, who, are, um, who were or in relationships where you have children, understand when you're making that guy or that woman look horrible or look slack or look like a dirty brute, understand that if you do have children together, your actions some way, one way or another are going to affect your child. 
you might say, well, you know, it is what it is. That child's going to have to live and understand who their mother is or who their father is. No, 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 no. That's not your responsibility as a parent to destroy the other person that is responsible when it comes to raising or help raising your child. And maybe you destroying this person can get them out of your life and out of that child's life for a certain amount of time. But trust me, the day is going to come where that child is going to look for that other parent. And maybe not for the other parent's sake, but for that child's sake, they may need something that that other parent has to offer. And you may take it away by your wicked behavior towards that other one because they were wicked towards you. Remember, bless them that curse you. Do good to those who despitefully use you. It doesn't say eye for an eye or anymore. It's, it's, it's eye for an eye in the Old Testament. It was do this to do that. But, and it wasn't even in every situation. You know? 21. Remember, say this I would say that indifference is much closer to being the opposite of love than is anger malice or hate which often when you have those emotions ruling your behavior in your heart it usually indicates that love is still there to some degree or some level so be careful. If you do not have indifference, because trust me, when you have indifference, it's not today, oh, I don't care what he does. Okay, I'll even introduce him to my best friend. No, listen, today you may feel that way maybe because you have a better situation at hand. So therefore, that's why you don't care. But you know what? That situation can twist and turn so differently, it might even make your head spin. So be careful. And lastly, <laughs> and probably most importantly, number 22, be careful taking advice such as what I'm giving you right now, because you are the one who will have to live with the consequences. All right, y'all. So that's going to do it for today. Um, I hope, I hope this is you know, been somewhat of a, a lesson, a, a learning lesson for you um, from talking about the masks that I know that I probably didn't put that information properly over the best possible way. But um, these last 22 situations, you know, think about it, you know, listen to it again, pass it on to someone else who, you know, may be going through something. Use it as your own if you want. I don't mind. <laughs> um but anyway, I gave you my two cents. And, you know, if you don't want to, well, if you don't agree with what I've said here, you know, you're probably right. But um, all these um, things came from my heart and what's on my heart. So, again, I didn't I didn't check any special psychologists. I didn't go to any websites to get this number. These were just thoughts that came to my head. And I put this list together in about 15, 15 minutes or 20 minutes or so. Um, if they're useful, you know, work it over in your brain. Talk it over with someone who has sense and who you trust. Weigh it against what the scriptures say in each of the situations. And only do what is congruent with the scriptures, I would believe, to say. That'd be the best thing for me to say to you. Okay? Anyhow. Till next time, I am MCM, and this is You're Probably Right. Please tell a friend, and take care. Hey, come check out You're Probably Right podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. 
Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. <laughs> I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh-oh, yeah, God, self-help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not so tough questions and all the while understand that listen sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat well that's how it is here and because there's no topic well very few topics off the table Torontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there <laughs> hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting and hey maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere hope to see you soon